Hello, and welcome to a special edition of Poppin' Cinema with Joe Mama and Friends. Now, I was able to see 134 movies that came out in 2023, and I have to say, overall, it was a banner year for cinema. There was a lot of fantastic films that I saw, and only a few that I deemed terrible, and then those that fell in between. While I wasn't able to see every movie, I ranked all the movies I saw this year in order from 1 to 134. Now, before I go into detail my 10 worst and 10 best of the year, I'll give a brief mention to all the movies in between and their placement on the list. So without further ado, here's my ranking of all 134 movies I saw in 2023. First, I'll start with numbers 124 to number 11, just giving the names and their placements. Number 124, Retribution. 123, Ghosted. 122, Kandahar. 121, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. 120, Infinity Pool. 119, Theater Camp. Number 118, Inside. 117, Marlowe. 116, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. 115, Meg to the Trench. Number 114, Strays. 113, Hunt Her, Kill Her. Number 112, The Flash. 111, The Machine. 110, Hypnotic. Number 109, Peter Pan and Wendy. 108, Magic Mike's Last Dance. 107, Trolls Band Together. 106, The Exorcist Believer. Number 105, The Boogeyman. 104, The Nun 2. 103, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. 102, 65. Number 101, Murder Mystery 2. Number 100, Expend Four Bulls, or Expendables 4. Number 99, Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. Number 98, Tetris. 97, 80 for Brady. 96, Book Club, The Next Chapter. 95, Bird Box, Barcelona. Number 94, VHS 85. 93, Five Nights at Freddy's. 92, Wish. 91, Appendage. Number 90, The Marvels. Number 89, Champions. 88, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. 87, Moving On. 86, About My Father. 85, Cobweb. 84, Insidious, The Red Door. 83, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Number 82, The Mother. 81, The Haunted Mansion. Number 80, Plane. 79, Nowhere, 78, The Miracle Club, 77, Journey to Bethlehem, 76, The Creator, 75, Blue Beetle, number 74, Elemental, 73, Fast X, 72, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, 71, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and number 70, Mafia Mama. Number 69, Gran Turismo. 68, Priscilla. 67, Quiz Lady. 66, A Man Called Otto. 65, Malum. 64, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. 63, It Lives Inside. 62, Leave the World Behind. 
61, Sound of Freedom. Number 60, The Blackening. 59, Sisu. 58, Knock at the Cabin. 57, Megan. 56, Saw X. 55, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. 54, The Little Mermaid. 53, Renfield. 52, Napoleon. 51, Rustin. And number 50, Silent Night. 49, The Post-Exorcist. 48, You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. 47, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. 46, Jesus Revolution. 45, Equalizer 3. 44, Extraction 2. 43, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. 42, Missing. 41, A Haunting in Venice. And number 40, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Number 39, Rye Lane. 38, Joyride. 37, No Hard Feelings. 36, Totally Killer. 35, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. 34, No One Will Save You. 33, Wonka. 32, Thanksgiving. 31, Talk to Me. 30, The Super Mario Brothers Movie. Number 29, Skinnamarink. 28, Creed 3. 27, Evil Dead Rise. 26, Scream 6. 25, The Killer. 24, Saltburn. 23, Cocaine Bear. 22, Air. 21, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And number 20, May, December. Number 19, Maestro. 18, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. 17, Past Lives. 16, The Iron Claw. 15, Anatomy of a Fall. 14, Dream Scenario. 13, Women Talking. 12, John Wick Chapter 4. And then number 11 is Asteroid City. And now we get to the 10 worst and the 10 best films I saw in 2023. And I will start with the 10 worst. Number 10 was The Devil Conspiracy. So a group of Satanists steal the Shroud of Torin in hopes of extracting the DNA of Jesus and using that DNA to bring Satan back into the world to take it over. Or something like that. They need to impregnate a woman like how God impregnated Mary to give birth to Christ, but in this case, she'll give birth to Satan instead. Makes total sense, right? Yeah, I didn't think so. Mix this insanely stupid story with shoddy, terrible CGI and even worse acting, and you've got one of the 10 worst films of the year. Number 9, The Shift. Speaking of religious-based films, how about one where the multiverse is used to give Satan a foothold in every universe by convincing one man to be his right-hand man? That's the basic concept of The Shift, in which Satan, who's known as the benefactor, enlists one man in every universe to do his bidding. But in one universe, one man refuses. The benefactor then shifts his wife away, leading the man to go on a multiversal search to find her. This modern-day telling of Job is filled with plot holes big enough to drive the whole universe through, and acting so stinted you'd think they were the first-timers. I don't think Christians believe in the multiverse, and the shift does the multiversal story so bad it makes the MCU seem logical by comparison. Number 8. His Only Son Seriously, I am not attacking religious-based films, but when they're some of the worst, well, they're some of the worst. Before the film started, the director made a plea for audiences to judge the film based on the story and not the effects or performances. 
which was already a bad sign. Things only got worse from there, as the film that centers on one of the Bible's most intriguing stories, how God commanded Abraham to sacrifice his only son Isaac, somehow became a snooze fest of minutes of meandering through deserts and repetitious dialogue and flashbacks. Bad acting, a waste of a perfectly good Bible story, and a boring plot makes for a less than stellar movie to say the least. Number 7. Trinket Box Ripping off better films like Get Out and the Evil Dead franchise, Trinket Box is a not-so-scary, scary movie about an interracial couple who moves into a home that was once the spot of a horrible racist attack. Their elderly white neighbor gives the wife a trinket box with a necklace inside, and the necklace starts affecting her mind, giving her the notion to kill her African-American husband. Lacking any artistic qualities, performances, or subtle nuanced callbacks to society as a whole, Trinket Box is better left in the box and buried somewhere far, far away. Number 6. Knights of the Zodiac Based off a of manga in 1986, Knights of the Zodiac follows a young man as he learns he harbors magical powers that can make him a fabled Knight of the Zodiac to protect the reincarnated goddess Athena from a group of people who want to use her for evil. Or something like that. I never read the manga, and, and, but I can tell it sleeps and bounds better than this terribly CGI'd quasi-action film that proves once again that Sean Bean will do anything anyone gives him, especially if he dies. Which I think he dies. It's not really a spoiler because he dies all the time. Number 5. White Men Can't Jump The original White Men Can't Jump isn't Oscar-worthy by any means, but when you gather the combined talents of Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Rosie Perez, you'll get something that's entertaining at least, and surprisingly the film has held up well in the decades since its release. Not so much with this remake, starring rapper Jack Harlow, Cinqua Walls, and Tiona Taylor, centering on two men who hustle others in the game of basketball. There's no chemistry in the cast, the story is as stale as they come, and there's absolutely nothing worth of note to say about this, other than the fact that it proves that some remakes shouldn't exist. Number four, God is a Bullet. I don't know what it is about movies in 2023, but it seemed most of them had to be at least two and a half hours. God is a Bullet is one such film, dragging along at 156 minutes and testing the patience of everyone watching it. Thankfully, when I saw it, I was the only one in the theater, if I myself being entertained by other things like TikToks on my phone, otherwise I might have walked out. The story centers on a man searching for his daughter, who has been kidnapped by a gang of cultists with the help of a former cult member who broke free from their grasp. Fifty minutes could have been cut from this film, and it might have been passable. But since we got this, and it's up near the bottom of the worst of the year, due to a story that's entirely convoluted, action that's barely subpar, and actors who seem to want to be anywhere but there. Number 3. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines Rarely is there a film that I forget about as I'm watching it, but that's what happened with Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. I was so bored, I forgot what was happening, my eyes glossing over in boredom and despair. I love the original Stephen King adaptation and even enjoyed the films, but this one, that serves as a prequel centering on young Jed Crandall, was nothing short of a train wreck that's not even fun to look at. People get infected by a rabid, probably undead animal, and there's a friend who's already undead, but we don't see how it happens, and this keeps Jed in town with his friends as they try to stop this evil, uh, yada, yada, yada. Well, to paraphrase the original, when it comes to ideas for prequels, sometimes dead is better. Number two, paint. You'd be forgiven if you saw the trailer for paint and thought it was a Bob Ross biopic. Sadly, that's not the case. 
for it seems that maybe the family of Ross saw what they wanted to do with this legacy and forbade them from ever going forward with a project. But since they already had the wig, they had to make something up on the fly. Owen Wilson plays the Make-A-Wish Bob Ross as he serves as a small-town painter who gains popularity on a small access channel, but finds his popularity in danger when a younger, better artist begins taking his place. In what was built as a comedy, there's nothing to laugh about. And if it was built as a drama, there's nothing dramatic about it either. Essentially, it's just a white canvas at the beginning, as well as the end. And now, for my worst movie I saw in 2023... The Drop. Never heard of it? Don't worry, no one else did either. And that's a good thing. Essentially, a group of friends gather for a wedding, and one woman lets another hold her infant child. When the woman holding the child swats at a bee, she accidentally drops the baby. The baby is perfectly fine, but everyone loses their ever-loving minds about it, and it serves as a catalyst of sorts that threatens to destroy their never-there friendship. It's supposed to be a comedy, but I couldn't even muster a pity laugh. This was a film that, immediately after it ended, I watched something else right away because if I was to die, I wouldn't want the last film I saw on Earth to be The Drop. So, since we got the 10 worst films out of the way, it's time to reveal my top 10 best films of 2023. Number 10, Barbie. I remember hearing about this Barbie movie a year or so ago, and I thought to myself that this is the stupidest decision ever made. Who would want to watch a movie about Hasbro's biggest cash cow? Then I heard Amy Schumer was set to play the titular Barbie, and my expectations were diminished even more. But then, a glimmer of hope came when she dropped out and Margot Robbie took her role. And alongside Ryan Gosling as Ken, I had some optimism. Then the reviews started coming in, calling it one of the best and even possibly giving it some Oscar nods, and my curiosity was, needless to say, peaked. It was only heightened when this ingenious marketing campaign by pitting it alongside Oppenheimer for the ultimate double feature, Barbenheimer. So I went from someone doubting it'd be any good, to thinking it could be good, to thinking it could be great, to finally seeing it with my own eyes. And it far exceeded even thinking it could be great. Greta Gowig is a masterclass director as he managed to craft a film that not only focuses on Barbie, but her history and how women were, and still are, marginalized in many situations. America Ferreira's speech alone is Oscar-worthy, and this thoughtful story is wrapped in colorful hues that is a pure joy for the young and old alike. Number 9. Oppenheimer The other half of Barbenheimer is Christopher Nolan's expertly directed biopic Oppenheimer. Centering on J. Robert Oppenheimer and his creation of the atom bomb, Oppenheimer steers clear of the biopic curse and crafts a three-hour epic that doesn't feel that long due to the story, the performances, and the impact it had. Killian Murphy nails it as Oppenheimer, while Robert Downey Jr. proves he has nothing to fear after shedding the Iron Man character as Oppenheimer's greatest opponent. The cinematography is sweeping. The atom bomb test is itself one of the most spectacular moments in film history, and the A-list actors give it their all, resulting in a film that exceeds expectations and serves as one of Nolan's best in his stellar career. Number 8. When Evil Lurks Ever since The Exorcist, every Exorcist-style movie has failed to live up to expectations. This Argentinian film takes the Exorcist theme and turns it on its head in the most wonderfully depressing way. In this film, people who are demon-possessed have to adhere to a certain set of rules in order to get the demon out of them. But two impulsive brothers forego all advice and try to do things on their own, leading to demonic possession of biblical proportions. 
bleak, depressing, hopeless, and a stunner of an ending make this not an easy watch, but does make for an intriguing one. You will never forget this film after watching it, and we finally have something we can compare The Exorcist to. Number 7. Bo is Afraid Ari Aster is a genius in directing, delivering two of the most terrifying films in recent memory, Hereditary and Midsommar. With Bo is Afraid, he maintains a horrifying presence but mixes in dark comedy and the reverse hero's journey, to more than make up for its three-hour runtime. Joaquin Phoenix stars as a paranoid man who's just trying to visit his mother, but along the way runs into struggles that he constantly fails. It's hilarious in a dark manner, and with Joaquin Phoenix, you get a character that's deeply flawed, but multi-layered. A man that you might not necessarily want to root for, but one you can't get out of your head by the end of it. Number 6. The Color Purple Based more off the Broadway musical and the original novel than the 1986 Steven Spielberg-directed film, The Color Purple is a wonderful blend of music, performance, and story that melts together wonderfully. The film follows Celie, a young woman trapped in a violent marriage and who pines for her long-lost sister that she thinks is dead. Fantasia Barino reprises her Broadway role and proves she's got what it takes to get that Oscar gold, giving an unforgettable performance alongside epic side characters who each have their own flushed-out story. It's a resounding voice for the marginalized, a demonstration of the resilience and perseverance of the human spirit, and showcases the tight bonds of black sisterhood that goes beyond blood. It's as uplifting as they come, and will cause your spirit to soar by the end. Number 5. Godzilla Minus One While many people thought this was a continuation of the American version of Godzilla, it's actually a Japanese film that holds true to Godzilla's original origins. Not as some sort of anti-hero, but a godlike being bent on destruction. Set closely after the end of World War II, Godzilla Minus One focuses on a kamikaze pilot who chickens out and lives his life in shame, thinking he's really dead and stuck in some sort of hell for his desertion. When Godzilla arrives, he finds an inner strength to fight back alongside a group of ordinary citizens to save their homeland, which has already been ravaged by war. It's a hero's journey of epic proportions, and never before has Godzilla appeared as menacing and terrifying as this movie. Number 4. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse 2018's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a huge success and earned the Oscar, nom- Oscar for Best Animated Film, but somehow 2023's sequel has far exceeded the predecessor in every way. The animation is something unseen before on this film. In fact, over a thousand animators took part in crafting it. The story of a multiverse actually makes sense, and the performances are deeply emotional and powerful. Miles Morales learns of a secret society of spider people bent on keeping balance in the multiverse, and when he comes across a villain spot who threatens this balance, he desires to be a part of the team. But the founder, Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099, doesn't want this to happen leading Miles in a quest of his own to find out where he fits into this new multiversal world. Action-packed, filled with the best animation ever put to screen, and a deeply personal story equals one of the best animated films, not just of 2023, but in the whole of cinema history. Number 3. Poor Things Director Yorgos Lanthimos loves studying the human condition, and none of his films does this as expertly as Poor Things. A unique spin on the Frankenstein story, Emma Stone stars as a woman brought back from the dead by a scientist whose mind is that of a child. As time progresses, however, she begins to learn things and discover that there's a whole world out there worth exploring, while also learning that the true power comes from within. Stone gives her most powerful performance to date, 
carefully walking the tightrope balance of having her character learn and adapt. Mark Ruffalo plays a character you've never seen him play before, and Willem Dafoe rests comfortably in his wheelhouse as another eccentric character. Filled with lush cinematography, one-of-a-kind production design, and compelling and layered performances, you won't feel poor at all after watching Poor Things, but you'll feel like you've just witnessed something great. Number 2, Killers of the Flower Moon Martin Scorsese really can do no wrong, and proof of this is a three-and-a-half-hour epic about the true story of the Osage slaughter that took place in the 1920s. Not many people know the story, but essentially the Osage tribe comes across a wealth of oil from their land, and wealthy white men infiltrated and married their women in hopes of getting that wealth for themselves, resorting to murder to get it. Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro dominate the screen as an uncle and nephew who infiltrate the Osage people to get the wealth for themselves, and both give awards-worthy performances. Yet, it's Lily Gladstone's role as Molly Kylex that eclipses these Oscar-worthy performers and raises the bar to impossible levels. Thought-provoking, powerful, and unforgettable, you won't regret the time you spent watching Killers of the Flower Moon, and you'll probably want to watch it again. And now, after 133 movies, it is now time to reveal my number one movie of the year, the best movie, in my opinion, that came out in 2023. That movie is The Holdovers. Alexander Payne proves himself a highly capable director in this throwback to classic 70s cinema, right down to the filming grain style and aesthetics. The film takes place around Christmas in 1970 at a prestigious high school where most of the students go home for winter break. Those left behind were stuck at the school under the watchful eye of the most hated teacher, Paul Giamatti's Paul Hunnam a no-nonsense professor who's as strict as they come. One of the students is Agnes Tully, a rebellious youth with a rough upbringing who is the thorn in Hunnam's side. Joining them is cafeteria administrator Mary Lamb, who is still grieving the loss of her only son in the Vietnam War. Together, the three of these form a bond that deeply connects them as they embark on their own adventures of self-discovery, facing the demons of their past, and striving to be better for the future. What sets us apart from other films like this is that Payne doesn't pander to their plight, but makes them feel wholly natural. There's no cliches, no over-the-top performances, and everything feels natural and real. To add to that realism, Payne shot the film in actual schools and locations as opposed to creating sound stages. It was even gifted with a real blizzard to add to the aesthetics. Giamatti's performance is filled with the complexity you'd expect from a seasoned pro, as we chip away at Paul Hunnam's tough exterior to find out why he really is the way he is. Now, Giamatti is already a veteran actor, but the other two performers are pure revelations. Divine Joy Randolph has starred in a few films, but is best known as Sandra Bullock's no-nonsense friend in The Lost City. But here, she excels as Mary Lamb, so much that she's not just a shoe-in for an Academy Award nomination, but the one to beat as well. She plays Mary with this melancholy that goes beyond shrieking cries of pain, but rather keeps it internal for the most part, making it all the more realistic and all the more authentic. Now, you wondered where you've heard Dominic Sessa's name before, and you'd be shocked to find that this is his first major film role. As the troublemaker Agnes Tolly, Sessa could have easily fallen into the one-note feel you'd expect from a character like that. But he, like Giamatti's Hunnam, has layers of walls that are peeled away throughout the film, so much so that, by the end, your heart will go out to him, as well as his other two companions. These characters have had a special place in my heart since watching the film, and they'll hold a special place in yours as well. 
So there you have it, my definitive ranking of all 134 movies I saw that were released in 2023. Here's to another amazing year at the movies and on streaming. And until next time, remember, stay fresh. Stay fresh.